0: thank you so much please be seated so this sermon text comes from Deuteronomy chapter 11 verses 18 through 22 Deuteronomy chapter 11 18 through 22 here now the inspired words of god so commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders teach them to your children Talk about them when they are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Be careful to obey all these commands I am giving you. Show love to the Lord your God by walking in his ways and holding tightly to him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.
1: You're lost in the woods. Your best hope of ever getting found may just be if you remember to bring your compass and if you know how to use it. What if you are lost in life? What if there's a huge decision on the horizon or right at your doorstep and it needs an answer and you don't know? How do you find your way? I think all of us would want to hear from God, would want God to be our compass in those times. Lead us out of this, Lord. We're lost, we don't know where to go. And certainly, you've probably heard people who seem to have the the direct line to hearing from God, turn-by-turn instructions sometimes, right? You have a friend who just said, oh, I heard from the Lord what I need to do about about this issue, or I heard from the Lord about this, or I heard from God. Sometimes people will say, I heard from God who I was supposed to marry, if I was supposed to take that job, if I was supposed to buy this house or move to this place. And maybe you're, you're thinking... How did you hear from God like that? Was it a voice? You know, like literal words? Most of us think well, it wasn't that. Well, then how? How did you, how did God speak to you that way? In fact, when, when I was doing that series a while back on some of your biggest questions, one of the ones that came up that I knew I'd need to answer for you. Over and over again I got this question. This is from one of you, but there were many more. When I pray, I try to listen for God's answer or response, but I struggle. How can I know what God wants me to do? So here we are, we're faithfully praying. We are lost. We need direction. We are asking. But if you're like this person or the many others, you struggle to hear and to know: am I hearing God's voice right now? God, I need your direction. Tell me where to go. How do we hear? Well, I find that I get jealous. I'm reading through the Bible right now, and I've been reading in the, the Exodus narrative, and I realize I'm jealous of the people in the wilderness, and this is why. Because back then, God's direction was so much more straightforward. They had God's presence in a pillar of cloud that they could see at all times during the day, and a pillar of fire at night. So anytime they woke up and looked, there was God right there above their church, right? Their tabernacle. God was right there. And here's where I get really jealous. The Bible tells us that when God needed them to move, the pillar of cloud would lift up off of the tabernacle and would begin to move. And the people would say, it's time to pack up. And they'd pack their bags up, they'd put them on, and they'd just follow the cloud. And when the cloud stopped, they knew that's right where God wanted them to be. You guys, can we start voting or praying for God to lead us like that again? Pillar of cloud. Let it be clear and obvious, and we'll go and we'll follow. So as I'm praying through this, I'm like, God, would you just send all of Bee Creek a pillar of cloud? We would love a pillar of cloud or fire. It might be a little scary, right, but we'd love that. And I began to realize that, yes, God said the pillar of cloud, you know, is moving to guide them on these big directions. They know when to stop. They know where to go. They know when to rest. But as they're living their life in the camp, there were things that the cloud wouldn't give them direction on. Like, I'm having a fight with that neighbor next door in the tent next door. How do I resolve that? They're playing their music too loud. The dog is, you know, whatever it is that is happening in the tent next door. I have this child who's rebelling. How do I deal with that? I need to know what I'm supposed to do in life, what career path I'm supposed to follow. The pillar of cloud, you know God's with you, but the cloud itself won't tell you how to get there. So even back then, there was a lot that people still needed direction on. And I thought, isn't that like us today? Like, We have the benefit of knowing the Savior. The the people during the Exodus didn't know their Savior yet. And so we have the stories of Jesus and his teachings, and we have that path now every day that he's laid out for us to walk. And, And we know it. We know that we're supposed to love God with all that we are and all that we have. We're supposed to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, we're, we're to be forgiving and kind and patient. And we could go on and on and say, okay, that's the path that God wants us walking. But still there's the day-to-day where we think, well, this decision, how do, how do I or do I try to mend this broken relationship? Or the doctors say, I'm sick, and there's this treatment option that's an experiment, and this tre- treatment option that is known, but maybe the results aren't as great. Which, which one? Or what do I do with this child that I have? Still the same thing. So there are so many times when we are longing, we are lost and we are longing to hear, God, please give me the direction so that I can get out of here. Here's the good news, y'all. God is longing to tell us. God doesn't want the directions out of the woods of life to be a secret. God wants, when we pray, to give us an answer. And so it's, it's just up to us to learn how it is that God speaks to us because God is speaking to us. God will answer. God is answering. And I wanted to tell you about, when we're, when we're lost, how we find our way forward. And we know God is with us in this. And the good news is that the founder of Methodism, John Wesley, He gave us a great way to think about this. It's all about finding your way. He looked at the scripture. He looked at the history of the church, and he realized God had given us four ways to listen, four ways to hear. We need all four of them, and they are these. There's scripture. That's our first. Then there's tradition. That means all the believers that have gone before us. We listen to their lives, the people in the Bible, the people in church history, the people in our nation, the people in our family. How did they respond in similar situations? People like us. Then we think about reason. I love being a Methodist for this because we believe that God gave us our brains so that we can use them when we are lost, when we are stuck. Part of how we get unstuck, not the whole part, but part of it is, the reason that God gave us. And then finally, our experience, which is also our prayer, which is how God's worked in our lives in the past. These four ways are the ways that we hear from God. And I've heard them called, very in a very boring way, the Wesleyan quadrilateral. And I thought, my church does not want to learn about the Wesleyan quadrilateral. That is so boring. I've heard them described as a stool. Okay, with four legs, so each of the legs. And I thought, well, that's not quite it either because, as we're going to talk about, one is more important than all the rest, and that's Scripture. So it's not like Scripture is an equal leg on the stool. So I decided that it would be really great if we talked about these four ways of hearing from God as a compass. Because if you're lost, you need a compass. And with a little bit of my own creativity, I made them fit on the directions, you see? Scripture is the S, your intellect or your reason is the N. The witness of the past, the witnesses that have gone before us is the W, and then our own experience is the E. Okay? I will give you a compass later, and I swear I will write it down for you. We're going to talk about this for weeks, about how we find our way. And what we're going to do is we're going to need all of these. No fair you guys saying, well, I don't really like the witness of tradition. I don't really care about that. Or scripture, who needs it? I'm using my experience and reason. Can you do that with a compass? Would it work if you just had one direction or or two, especially if it wasn't the magnetic direction? No. We need all all four of them. We need to listen to all four of these sources. And when we do, we will be able to find our way when we're lost. So let's begin this week. We're going to talk about the first direction, which is the most important, and that's Scripture. Now here's what we need to know about Scripture. John Wesley did not think that this was a quadrilateral where every side is equal, or it was a stool where every input was the same. He thought Scripture was the most important thing That's why I love a compass, because what's the most important direction that has to be working for your compass to work? North, right? But we're talking about the spiritual life, and that starts with what? S. And so we'll remember that on our spiritual compass, the one that is pulling the magnet, the key direction on the spiritual compass is Scripture. Without Scripture, it doesn't matter if you have the rest, because scripture is the inspired word of God. When we say, I want to hear God's word, God says to us, well, you need to start here. Right? Start with what I've given you. The instructions and the stories of people and the inspiration and the Messiah coming and the early church. Know this and we will know best God's will. And then we can use the other's experience and witness and our intellect and that will help us tune the path. You think about this, and north, no matter which direction I face, that little magnet's always going to be telling me north is right over here. And then I fine-tune it. Same thing with our spiritual lives. That Scripture will always be pointing us in the right direction. And then when we get those other ones, it'll fine-tune it. So this is what God says. Now we're moving from what John Wesley said was a great idea to what God says about how to use Scripture to guide us, to set our spiritual direction. And this is in the book of Deuteronomy. The first thing that we need to do if we are going to let Scripture guide us to listen to what God is saying is we need to value this book. Value it above everything else that we have. This is our most valuable input. And God says it like this, commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands. Wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So God is saying throughout our lives, he's telling his people throughout our lives, on our bodies, right, on the doorposts of our house, on our gates as we leave, and every doorway we walk through is going to be the word of God. And what is so interesting to me is that when we visited Israel that, com- that instruction is taken literally by Orthodox Jews. So every doorway I walked through had Hebrew scriptures written on it. And the faithful Jewish people would touch it as they walked through the doorway to just remind themselves, I am being guided by God as I enter this door, as I enter this home, as I enter this place of work. And you'd see that it was rubbed where fingers had touched it. Isn't that beautiful? And then you'd see Orthodox Jews who had phylacteries. I don't know if you've ever seen these, but they're boxes with Scripture. And they had bound them to their foreheads and bound them to their hands with bands. So that every time they looked in the mirror, they saw the Word of God. Every time they reached to open a door or they shook someone's hand, there is the Word of God. So they were taking that very literally to remind themselves throughout their day I belong to you, God, and your word in, in all the noise of this world that's around me, your word is the most important thing. Now, do I think we should get some phylacteries? No. I think that might be a little too out there. But there are ways that you can do this. Some of you are already symbolizing that you are God's by just what you're wearing. You wear a Fishers of Men bracelet, some of you guys. Or you have a cross on a necklace. Or like me, I have this ring that I got at Iona, which is one of the ancient abbeys um, in in the church history. When I see this, I'm reminded of God. It's a very subtle way to say, I belong to God and I'm seeking God first in my life. And so you could think of that. Or some of you tell me that every time you see a certain type of bird or something in this world, you think of God. There are so many ways to do this, but what God is saying is not we have to take it literally, but we have to take being people of this book seriously. That we are constantly reminding ourselves throughout our day, I want to listen to God's word. I value it. The, uh, the culture may value something completely different. In fact, they do. My value is here is what we're reminding of ourselves. So after we have valued the Bible then the next thing that we have to do is we have to learn it. We have to study it. We have to know what's inside, right? This is what I told the kids. It's, it's no fair saying, I really value the Bible. I have the prettiest, most leather-bound, gold-edged Bible ever, and it sits right next to my bedside table. We have to open it, right? We have to read it. I have to not just open it. I have to look at what it says. I have to let it become part of my life. And this is what God says in this scripture, Teach my words to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. So, God is saying, out of all the topics in life that we are supposed to talk about, this needs to be our favorite. We're, we're talking about what we're learning, we're reading it and studying it and then discussing it. And not just, hey, wasn't that amazing game last night? or did you see this cool new thing that I built? Or, hey, you know where you can get a great burger? But, hey, you know what I read in the Bible? It helped me. Or, hey, I'm having a struggle. Do you know a Bible verse that could help me? And interestingly, God says, God starts with teaching the word of God to children. I have found that is one of the best ways to learn and know God's word is to try to teach it to a child. And I got, I had the privilege two weeks ago while DG was preaching to go over to the children's classrooms and see some of y'all teaching our kids. And I was so touched. There was one teacher that I spent some time with, and she told me she had gotten up extra early. She had sat with her coffee and her Bible in bed, and she had made two pages of notes. She said, I just really want to get this right because she was subbing in for Yaya. So I don't know if you all know Yaya, but Yaya is a beloved Sunday school teacher. So she, she felt like the bar was way up here. So she sat there and she had a revelation. She was teaching the kids about the miracle of the five loaves and the two fish and how Jesus fed 5,000. And she realized she had something that would help them get it. And so she went down to her pantry, and she went to teach. And what she did is she said, okay, kids, 5,000 people. How many is that? Well, they can't think of 5,000. She said, well, five loaves of bread for 5,000. One loaf of bread would be 1,000, right? Yes. They said, how many are in your elementary school? Think about your Friday assembly, and they thought about all those kids, hundreds and hundreds, probably 500 kids. They said, so if we took Bee Cave and we took West Cypress Hills and we combined them, that's 1,000. Oh, how loud would that be? How noisy. She said, and one, Jesus had one loaf of bread to feed all of those kids, and she took out a loaf of bread. And the kids got to hold it and got to think, would this loaf of bread, without the power of God, feed All the kids in two elementary schools. No. And the best part about this, y'all, is when I got in there, they had just finished this, and they she said, Hey kids, tell Pastor Laura what you've been learning. And the kids said, Give me the bread. And they said, Pastor Laura, hold the bread. And so I held the bread as they told me about the miracle that Jesus performed. They understood the word of God. And that teacher understood the word of God in a brand new way. And so wouldn't it be interesting, if we want to better hear God's word, one of the ways that God gives us is to teach that word to children. By teaching it to the next generation, we understand it better. And so if all of us are looking for a way to to hear God better, perhaps we find a child in our family or a child on our block or we find a child at church and we volunteer. We say, once a month, I'm, I'm teaching for those kids so they can know for me so I can know better. The next thing that God says in here after we teach our kids is God says, just talk about the Bible. When, when you're at home, talk about it with your family. When you're out on the road, you find a buddy and you say, the word of God I read this passage today, and it, and it just lit me up inside, or the Word of God, I read this passage, and it challenged me to my core. And I thought about this, how we're starting small groups here at our church, and how I long for each of you to be involved in a small group where you have a space to discuss Scripture with other believers, just a space where you can say, you can hear a Scripture and then talk about it. I'll tell you that when I was in a small group in New Braunfels, I was part of a small group. The insights that those other believers had from Scripture were profound, as profound as the study I did in seminary. I would always take something and write it down because just hearing from another believer would help me see things in a whole new way that would help my heart. And that's why God says we're supposed to talk about the Scripture with other people who believe like we do. And finally, God says we're supposed to be waking up, and before we open the weather app, before we open social media, before we open the game that we love to play, we open the Word of God. And as we lay our heads down for bed at night, we open the Word of God again. And I know that for many that can be very intimidating. You, you don't want to start where I read to the kids. Sorry about that, parents, um, uh, in Leviticus. That's, it's, that's tricky, right? Where, where do you begin? How do you do it? So let me give you a couple of ideas. I give you a study guide every week. There's one in your bulletin that, that goes right along with what we're studying. This week it has ways to study the Bible. Okay? So you can go deeper in studying the Bible through that study guide. And it's okay if you get it out. That's okay. Get it out and look at it. If you're going to use it, then then get it out and look at it. You can go to the back and get an upper room devotional guide. Every day it will have a scripture and a prayer and a reflection there that you can read. Or here is a time when the digital age rocks. Your entire Bible can be on your phone so that you can carry it with you. You don't have to bind it to your head, but you can carry the Word of God with you on your phone. So I've since you that can be kind of daunting. I've told you what I like. I give you permission right now, Bee Creek, if you want to, to get out your phone and go to the app store. I'm going to tell you the app I like the best. You can type it in U version, and then it'll come up that little Bible app right there. Um, you can see mine says update because I already have it. But that's what it looks like. I love this version because it has study plans. You can invite your friends. You can, um, it'll give you topical plans. You can read different versions of the Bible. It's wonderful. And, and then if you want to go further and you want your own plan, within the Bible app at the bottom, it says plans. In the very center at the bottom of the screen, you touch plans and then type in Bible Project. Right now, I am loving the Bible Project. Loving it. It's got great videos and it takes you through either a topic of the Bible, like you can see justice, or a section like Luke, Acts, so you could decide how long you want to spend. And if you need a certain topic, if you need a topic like forgiveness or discernment, direction or reconciliation or whatever you need, you can actually type that in and get a plan about that. And y'all want to know the coolest thing? I was reading through the Bible just on my own, and I talked to another person in this church. I said, yeah, I'm reading through the Bible, you know, like God said to talk about things. And he said, oh, me too. And I'm using the, Bible, the You version. I, oh, I use that too. And he said, you need to look at the Bible project because you're going to love to read through the Bible with the Bible project. So because of him, I looked up the Bible project. And so now I can tell to you, you'll love it if you're looking for something to study. The other cool thing about this version, and then i 'll stop the u version is you can share it with your friends, so you can create a little online community there um, right now. I have one friend on u version because it 's this guy who invited me to like the Bible app, but you can invite me to be your friend you don 't have to, but you could and then you can see when I highlight a scripture or when I make a note of something, and I can see when you do that um, this guy said that his sister started reading the Bible more faithfully because they became friends on Version, And even though they don't live in the same town, they share that Bible study. He can see what his sister is highlighting. She can see what he is highlighting. So this could be a great way to connect with your family or with other believers too. Um, we, have to, we have to use every tool that God gives us. And right now in this digital age, this is one of them, okay? So we read the Bible to, because we value it because we want to teach it to the next generation, because we are desiring to know what God says. Y'all, the more that you know what God says, the more clearly you can hear the voice of God when you're lost. And I will promise you, there are some days that you are looking for direction, and you open up the Bible, sometimes it's randomly, sometimes it's part of a plan, and it feels like God has written that word just for you. I promise you there's people in, in this congregation today who have had that happen, who have opened up the Bible, and it's like it was written for them. Okay, so we, we have to study this to love it, to make it part of our day. Don't be intimidated if you think, I'm doing nothing right now. Start with five minutes, just five minutes as a day. Do it when you wake up or do it before you go to bed or on your lunch break, five minutes a day knowing God's Word you will not recognize yourself after a year. You will be so much more able to hear God's word and God's direction in your life. And that is what God says in this last verse. Be careful, this is the final thing, so we, we value, we read so that we can obey. Be careful to obey all these commands I am giving you. Show love to the Lord your God by walking in his ways and holding tightly to him. That's our goal, right? To walk in God's ways and know that we are holding tightly to God as we make these decisions when we feel lost. And God says we get there by obeying the commandments and showing love to God. That's how we get there. So whether we're on a mountaintop or whether we're in the darkest valley we've ever walked through, through the scriptures we can have the assurance that we're right there with God. He's holding tightly to us that we haven't wandered away, that we're on his path. And y'all, I'll tell you, you may not be able to find a verse in here for every situation, right? There is no specific verse about road rage. That wasn't a thing, right? But there is a ton in here about anger. There's a ton about the fruits of the Spirit, where the more you know, oh, well, I'm going to go to the fruits of the Spirit because I'm struggling with that because there's construction in front of my house and people side zooming all day long. What well, I'm going to go in here and read the fruits of the Spirit. There, there's no verse about how much screen time is appropriate for your beloved teenager, There isn't, because that wasn't a thing. But within the Bible, there's a ton about priorities and about what should be first in our lives and then about what follows from that. So when we know the priorities, then as parents, we can say, okay, so this is where I think screen time fits, especially when you get into the rest of the compass and you use your experience and the witness of other smart parents, and then you use your head too, which we're going to be talking about in the weeks to come. Uh, There is so much in this book This is the word of God. This is God's directions to us. This has been handed down throughout the generations so that it can now be in our hands and on our phones. And John Wesley would say to people, I am a man of one book. One book. Be Creek. Let's be people of one book who know where we go first when we're lost who know how to listen for God's word here in Scripture and then seek to obey so we can walk in God's ways. Let's pray. God, I'm so deeply grateful that you hear every single one of our prayers and you respond. You want to show us the way. When we're lost, you want us to hear your voice. So help us, Lord to take seriously the guidance that we find in the scriptures. May we be people of one book. May we do as you're asking your people so long ago. May we be faithful in this day to value your word, to open it and read it and study it and talk about it and teach it to others. And then to obey, to obey when it's delightful and to obey when it's really hard help us lord help your people we want to hear from you and so help us even this week to hear your voice more clearly as we read your word your word that you've given us in jesus name we pray amen